0: The best brand of football in Idaho. This is the Eight Man Prep Cast on Idahosports.com. That's right. Welcome in. It is uh season three of the Idaho Eight-Man Prep Cast on Idahosports.com. Hard to believe it, but here we are. Hi everyone. Welcome into our season three debut. My name is Brandon Bainey, but, uh, of course, the eight-man expert you all came to listen to tonight is our great eight-man correspondent, Will Henneke, and the co-captain of this show. Will, how's it going? Welcome back.
1: I'm glad to be back, glad to be ready to go for another season, but I'm just making it up as we go along. That's why we had to go get another expert for this year.
0: That's right. little surprise for all of our uh, loyal viewers and listeners. Before we bring in our, our correspondent that's going to be joining us this season, uh, just as a refresher, maybe eight-man football fans are stumbling upon this for the first time. This is the Idaho Eight-Man PrepCast. Week in, week out, we are talking about the greatest game there is, eight-man football in the state of Idaho, and that's it. None of that 11-man stuff. Uh, so we're going to be here every week throughout the season uh, breaking down the biggest stories, the biggest matchups, the biggest performances week in, week out. Of course, we would love to hear from you, the fans. If there's a story or an athlete or a team you want us to spotlight, you can send me an email, Brandon at idahosports.com, And we'll make sure we talk about it. There's a couple different ways you can get this podcast every week. You can watch the video version of it at the idahosports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page. You can also listen to this podcast on idahosports.com. Across the top of the homepage, you'll see a little tab that says PrepCasts. From there, there's a drop-down menu, and then you click on 8-Man PrepCast. Or you can download and subscribe to this podcast wherever you download podcasts. Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Well, Will, I thought... You and me is nice, but a trio is so much better. Actually, uh, the person I'm about to introduce approached us and said, hey, I've got some free time now. I'd love to maybe hop on the show and talk about some eight man football. This is uh, a, a luminary in the eight man football world in Idaho. It is recently retired. Carrie Panthers head football coach Lane Kirkland Lane. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you.
2: Hey, this is going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited to join you guys and uh, talk about eight-man football um, until I die. Oh, I appreciate being able to be part of this uh, tonight and this season. I like yeah. this setup,
1: Coach. I've got a ceiling fan back here, and you've got football helmets and pictures and stuff.
0: Yeah,
2: you can't let it go too far away.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit. So you you uh, retired from coaching the varsity football team at Cary. How long did you coach there, Lane?
2: I was here in Cary for 22 seasons and a year at Oakley uh, way back in the day. It's a good long run, lots of fun, and I just felt it was time to step away and do something different, accomplish a lot of great things and felt satisfied, and, and time to, to kick back and relax, and it certainly has been one of those kick back and relax summers.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, you took over for your dad, who also coached at Cary for how long? He was
2: there for 19 seasons, so that would be 41 years of of Kirkland's on this sideline, which was a great privilege in our community to be able to serve there and to help a lot of youth and uh, provide uh, a lot of entertainment over the years.
0: A lot of entertainment, a lot of wins, a lot of good uh, young men that came through the hallways there at Cary High School under the Kirkland family. And now for the first time in 41 years, a new general not named Kirkland leading the Cary Panthers. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Also wanted to mention the fact that while you may be uh, done with the varsity game for now, you've you've still got your toes in the coaching pool. You're you're staying busy, right, Lane?
2: Yep, still busy. Uh, I still do junior high football. I had some practices this week, getting that crew ready and prepping them for the the varsity level. I've been doing that for 23 years now as well and uh, also started a cross-country team this year, see if we can get some runners developed for uh, that sport and track and field.
0: Yeah, well, we know Kerry's got some really good sprinters. I think of Riley Morey immediately from the track. Uh, So, yeah, distance program, cross-country, junior high football. Uh, Yeah, you are busier than ever, so we appreciate you squeezing us in every week here on the Idaho 8-Man PrepCast. Will, we're really going to have to step up our game because Lane's forgotten more about 8-Man football than we'll ever know.
1: Oh, yeah, and and I'm going to defer to him. When he says, no, you're wrong, I'm just going to say, you're probably right, Coach. I probably Uh, am wrong. (laughs) I'll I'll fake it like the rest of you will have. There you go. There you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the biggest thing in this line of work, right? Yeah. Your BS meter has got to be pretty high. So, uh, well, let's dive into it. We actually had some opening week zero eight man games in the past. There was only a handful of games statewide in week zero last week. We had 20 across the state, 11 man, eight man. So it seems like week zero is getting more and more populated, but specifically we had a couple of eight man contests, And Will, most notably, up north in the North Star League, they started right out of the gate with conference games. So you had Mullen St. Regis taking on Clark Fork. They've been kind of the two big powers the last couple of years. You also had Wallace facing Kootenay. So right out of the gates, Mullen St. Regis defeats Clark Fork 20-6. to And I think both teams walked away from that game thinking, boy, we could have done better.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's uh I think that's the bottom line. I know from from talking to Stetson Spooner, the head coach at, at Mullen St. Regis after the game, he said, Yeah, we we left some stuff out there, but we also saw some stuff that we can build on and some 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 areas where we can improve. And, you know, that's the I mean, I say this somewhat tongue in cheek. That's the joy of the first couple of weeks in in any sport, whether it be it basketball, be it volleyball, be it whatever you're trying to get your your timing down, you're trying to figure out your substitution patterns. Uh, you're trying to fill some holes and uh, I know that Clark Fork played without a couple of its its regulars in that game, which uh, I'm sure impacted the outcome of that quite a bit and not to mention. Uh, Mullen stopped him on fourth down inside the 10yard line a couple of times in a two touchdown game. So it was a that was a pretty for it was a pretty interesting contest and, and it'll be interesting to see because those teams play twice it'll be interesting to see what adjustments are made when they play each other again.
0: Yeah. It was the coaching debut for Pat young, the new head coach up at Clark fork. He is a former Clark fork player and graduate. So it's great to see him returning to his alma mater. And yeah, you mentioned it. Clark fork came up empty twice in the red zone in a two score loss. And so, the rematch should be really exciting. Uh, John Pruitt's going to be the main guy for Mullen St. Regis in the backfield this year, senior running back. But it was in the receiving game. He caught touchdown passes of 52 and 53 yards from a freshman, Connor Lewis. I guess, you know, Mullen St. Regis just got done with a four-year starter at quarterback. Uh, and now they're like, okay, well, we'll just have another four-year starter in Connor Lulis, Uh, Will.
1: Yeah, it's, it's nice when you have that guy and you can – uh, really work with him over a period of time coach i know you've you've gone that route with some younger quarterbacks and it can really pay dividends down the road they get a lot of game reps a lot of game experience and it worked pretty well with caleb ball pretty good wound up being a pretty good ball player for him
0: yeah he's now playing at i believe montana western uh Correct. in Dillon. so uh coach kirkland i wanted to ask you about week zero some coaches like to have a game right out of the shoots because it gets them a little earlier practice time but there's also a lot of rust you got to knock off what what is your what are your thoughts on trying to schedule the game so early in the season that week zero
2: that's quick um honestly that's really quick uh uh i'm sure there was a ton of rust to get off um but now now they can start polishing and shining in those spots they need to but uh that that'll help them later on um as long as they stayed healthy and uh, they should be able to uh, to get pretty darn good by the midseason and, and finish strong by starting so early right now. Well, good for them.
0: Yeah, and I think the reason, especially the North Star teams do it, is because uh, they have eight conference games because they play everybody twice, and then they have the option to pick up a non-conference game if they want to for nine, and if you start week zero, then you can build a bye weekend somewhere in the middle of the year, which uh, definitely helps out. Let's talk about the other game where we talked about a freshman quarterback for Mullen St. Regis. Well, Wallace has got freshmen like everywhere. They've they've got 10 freshmen on the varsity team this year, um, and they played pretty well. They defeat um, Kootenai in their first game of the year, 54 to 14. Jackson Pierce, two rushing touchdowns. He's a freshman. Reese Williams rushing touchdown he's a freshman Henry Larson started the game at quarterback he's a freshman the one guy who's not a freshman is the guy I'm most excited to see this year Julian Davis he's a six foot two 200 pound just physical specimen at tight end he caught a touchdown uh he had two receiving touchdowns also scored on a reverse Coach Kirkland when you've got a six foot two matchup nightmare in eight-man football how, how difficult is that to scheme against?
2: You know, I, I think uh, if, if he's a great leader, which I'm sure he is, uh, those freshmen will follow him and give him 100 percent all year long. And it'll be a great season for their team and uh, for their coach, because they, they can follow that kind of leadership and, and uh, a big, a big dude. So they're hard to control. They're hard to handle. Um, You'll have to give it to the other dudes once in a while. But uh, I'm sure they'll do well behind that guy
0: yeah and they're just trying to find as many ways to get him the ball as they can will and he's also a great defensive player so Julian Davis is a maybe a name eight-man fans aren't aware of yet but he's definitely a guy I would keep an eye on what What were your takeaways from this this Wallace win over Kootenai?
1: Uh well I mean you, you you hit the one it's it's Wallace is a young team and uh, when you're trying to catch up with Mullen St. Regis and Clark Fork who've kind of run that uh, North Star League for the past several years, a chance to build a nucleus and bring it up is is going to help a lot. And I know they're really excited about Reese Williams' potential, particularly on defense as a as a guy setting that edge on uh, a defensive end. And then you let those kids grow together. And then like coach, like you mentioned, you have a couple of older leaders that show kids the right way to do things. I think there's some good days ahead for Wallace and you know, for Kootenai, and and I don't want this to sound patronizing. I'm just glad to see them on the field. You know, this is a, a very small school that they have a good football history. When you go back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, they've done some great things. They've just had a hard time with numbers lately, and I really like seeing them uh, on the field. I know they got a, definitely got a couple of keepers on that roster, and I just really hope they're able to stick with it and keep building and, and get back to where they were uh, in the past.
0: Yeah, when we look at the preseason coaches poll for the North Star League, uh, Mullen St. Regis was picked one, Clark Fork two, Wallace three, Lakeside four, Kootenai five. Lakeside was the one team that didn't play in the opening week. They'll get their season started uh, this weekend, Will, and you had a chance to talk to uh, their new head football coach, Coach Buell.
1: Yeah, former defensive coordinator Jeremy Buell. He just basically sort of swapped spots with with Tyler Petty, last year's head coach, who's now an assistant coach. And You know, he likes his group. They've got about 16, 17 kids out there. They've got some good talent returning um, and uh, they they've they've got a shot to make a little noise there. They've got some good athletes. We definitely see it in other sports. They've got a great basketball program uh, but with kids like Quincy Hall, Jarius Moffat, Julian Moffat. They've they've got some kids that are going to make some plays.
0: Yeah, uh, Lakeside's always got athletes, it seems like. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Knights do uh, as they get ready for season debut this weekend. Um, let's stay in the 1A D2 classification where we'll swing over uh, down to District 3. Horseshoe Bend played Wilder, uh, and the Mustangs come away with a 54-8 to victory um, Carson Drake looked great. Four touchdown passes to Galen Jones, 57, 53, 50, and 21 yards. Only a 21 yard connection. Um, they ran the ball well. They played extremely well defensively, but on the other side of the coin, Will, if you just look at the score, it's a little deceptive. You were actually at this game and Wilder had to overcome some adversity.
1: Yeah, they are a little shorthanded. Their starting quarterback Kevin Gephardt is was injured last year and he's still not hundred percent cleared to go. So they played with a backup quarterback, which, you know, an eight man gets pulled from another part of the field. So you're filling one hole sometimes by punching another. And, um, you know, I, I, Horseshoe Bend was good. I mean, their lines offensively and defensively, they just dominated the line of scrimmage. And Julian Neary, the quarterback for uh, Wilder, was running for his life from the word go. Um, Kaylin Jones and Trey Bauer, the two um, primary offensive playmakers for Horseshoe Bend, I thought, that uh, Craig Elliott, the head coach, did a really good job moving them around, mixing things up, line them up in the slot, line them wide, line them in the backfield. And, and just he exploited matchups. He and his staff exploited matchups really well. And then the kids made plays. That's a good football team.
0: Yeah. And I guess before we dove into the district three talk, I should mention this week on the schedule up in the North star league, you've got Kootenay at Clark fork, another league game there. Uh, Mullen St. Regis is going to host superior high school from Montana. That game's going to be in St. Regis on the Montana side of, of the pass. And then Logos is taking on lakeside in their season debut. So, Lane, let me ask you when you've got, uh, an injury to your quarterback and you've got to move a kid from this position. And then this kid's got to move here and you're moving all these chess pieces around. H- how many moves are you planning for, you know, in terms of swapping guys around to get a new QB in there?
2: Well, we'll hit right on the head there. You're going to make another hole likely somewhere else on the other side of the ball. Cause your quarterback's probably tackling guys too on defense. So uh, it, it, it disrupts things It uh, if you've you've done it right, guys can step in and fill those positions. You may have to uh, to uh, streamline your calls a little bit differently, appropriately to his arm and his his running strength. But uh, other guys will step up and fill in generally, and and you hope the best that 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 new quarterback can step in there and do some good work.
0: What in your career was there a time where you like literally moved seven guys around or just just to fill an an injury slot? Like, what's you know, the craziest we, time you had? <laughs> uh,
2: we've had injuries before. Uh, I know one time we had five starters out um, uh, after a lighthouse game, and then we had to play Dietrich, and we, we pulled that one off at home with five seniors out uh, the, the next week. That's probably the craziest we experienced, but uh, kids did step up. We got it done, and uh, the, the horses just kept pulling the plow.
0: Yeah, the horses kept pulling the plow. I think that might be the title of the uh the episode. That's good. I always try to right. come up with a, a snappy.
2: Like it. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I like it. Okay. So uh overall in this long pin conference, uh council comes in as the defending champions. They were picked second in our preseason coaches poll. Garden Valley was picked first, Tri-Valley third, horseshoe bend four, salmon river five, and then cascade six. And so to me, well, uh it's almost like tears. The top tier is Garden Valley and Council I think then a tier below that is Tri Valley Horseshoe Bend and then a tier below that is Salmon River and Cascade just trying to build up numbers um what did you think about the Wolverines being number 1 in our preseason coaches poll uh,
1: I think that they could almost be a reversal of fortune last year their defense was outstanding last year and this year I think that they I think they're going to put a lot of points on the board I think they've got some tremendous players on offense and some Great experience returning. I think they're going to be a hard team to stop. And I'll say this: if 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 people are thinking Horseshoe Bend is finishing fourth in that league, that's an elite league because that's a good football team. And uh, you know that Tri Valley team—they're on the way up. They're you know it's a good group that's been together. I think they do have a chance to make some noise. But I think they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to overtake someone. I don't know that anyone's sliding back. I think that they're going to have to force their way up. Uh, into that top three, and I think you hit the nail on the head with Salmon River and Cascade. I think they're teams that they're they're building. Uh, Salmon River there in Riggins, they're they're one of those small D two schools that they're they're kind of isolated. It's not like they can cherry pick kids from a nearby four A school or anything like that. Um, so them them and Cascade are still building, uh, but I expect them both to be more competitive last this year than they were last year.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to think about, Lane. It wasn't that long ago that Salmon River was like Kerry. They were kind of the premier eight-man power. They were winning lots of championships. Uh, they sent a guy to the NFL, Leighton Van Der Esch. Uh, Esch. What are your memories uh, just watching Salmon River over the years?
2: You know, any time they played in the championship, they won, which is amazing, except for 06 when we, we started rolling early on. That, uh, I stopped by there on my way up to Moscow this summer at the school um, to coach the All-State game and uh, bumped into the coach. The kids were there. They were going to have a throw around that night and hit the weight room. We checked that out. That was really cool. But, uh, they work as hard as anybody else, and they have pride. And uh, but there's a, He said there was about 10 players is all on their squad this year, but they were there working just like anybody else, and, and that's what makes eight-man football fun.
0: Yeah, it's uh, we hope to see Salmon River and Cascade both getting back up uh, to where they've been in the past. The schedule this week for the Long Pin Conference, Idaho City is at Cascade. Uh, Raft River travels to Tri-Valley. We'll see what the Titans are made of. A lot of coaches seem to be high on them. They've got a speedster in the backfield, Clayton Harper. Uh, Garden Valley is going to travel to Dietrich. That's going to be a really fun non-conference game. Eggerman is at Horseshoe Bend, and Salmon River travels up to Lewis County. And then we've got a game on IdahoSports.com, gentlemen. Eight-man football this Friday night. It's going to be the game of the night. Uh, Council, the defending champs from District 3, make that trip up north, to take on the juggernaut that is Kendrick. Lane, what do you, what do you do against an historically dominant team like the Tigers?
2: You, you prepare all year long, and you uh, you just start to to gear up for that and get your kids motivated, and uh, look for anything. Uh, Ty's going to be Ty cope's going to be hard to handle. That kid just makes things happen, uh, no matter what you try. If you key on him a bunch, he's just going to make things happen. But uh, Kendrick does have it going on. Certainly do, and gained a lot of confidence. Uh, also winning state basketball, I believe it was. So I think they're going to be pretty hard to stop there. But uh, uh, compliments to them for, for rolling. But I think council will give them a game. Um, it's time for them to step up as well. So we'll see what happens.
0: Where, where does this Kendrick team rank with some of the juggernauts that you've seen over the years? We've talked about Kerry. We've talked about Salmon River. I'm just wondering, from a historical perspective, what are we witnessing with this Kendrick team?
2: I think the same caliber as uh, as we've had teams before, as Lyons has had teams in the past, as Salmon River has had teams in the past. They get on a run. They got these players coming. Now I think all those guys are seniors. Um, and uh, as long as they stay humble and hungry, and I'm sure that they have and they're working hard, which I really know they have, um, they're going to be pretty darn hard to stop. But uh, it's way up there for sure.
0: Yeah. So council at Kendrick Friday night on Idahosports.com. Council brings back some talented players. Uh the younger Vining, Wade Vining, uh is going to be a, an anchor on both sides of the ball. Of course, Council lost that six-nothing quarterfinal game to Castleford last year in a foot of snow. Neither team could move yeah. the ball at all. Basically, a fumble near the goal line allowed Castleford to punch it in for an easy score. Uh, and that was pretty much it for the lumberjacks. So um Well, up north in District 2 of the White Pine League, uh, all the coaches know the score. Monty Madrell, the Lewis County coach, said it best. The real drama is going to be who who takes second, who gets that second spot. It could
1: be any of them. I mean, that's the thing that's wild about it is I think a lot of people rightfully are looking at that Lewis County team. That's a good team coming back. Uh, Coach Madrell has done a nice job, and he's got a good group there. Um, But, you know, Timberline, they don't have a lot of numbers, but what they have is good. You know Ryland West, one of the better one A Division two players in all of Idaho, and you probably haven't heard much of him. And then you go to the you go to the fourth team in that division, Deary, and the instinct is to kind of write them off. Oh, they were one and seven last year. They were awful. They were awful. They were awful. Look at some of those games. They're, they played in a lot of very competitive football games where, you know, coach, you know this better than anybody. You know. A tipped pass doesn't get tipped or a fumbled ball doesn't get fumbled or a penalty doesn't get called. And all of a sudden you're talking about a whole different game and they've got a good group of kids back too. So at this point, you know, I'm putting Kendrick in ink. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be 2A in the, in that uh, 1A Division II playoff bracket. But as far as who is B coming out of that, it, it could be any of them. It really could.
0: Yeah, our coach's poll was Lewis County two, Deary three, Timberline four. I know Timberline is uh debuting a freshman quarterback who's about six two, and I think they're kind of hoping he might be the next Ty Ket of the It's White it's Pioneer. another
1: Christofferson kid. Uh mm-hmm. it's it's one of the coach's sons. He's the youngest one, and and Pat, the head coach, said, "You know, when you got two older brothers, you learn to be tough real quick. So, uh, you know, you got a tough young man stepping in there. He's got a great running back behind him. He's got a pretty good line in front of him. You know, we'll say it a lot. You know, and coach, we talked about this offline this week. You know, you you stay healthy. You give yourself a fighting chance. If you have some injuries, it's who adjusts the best.
0: Yeah, it's yep, going to be really sure. interesting." to See how this shakes out. Uh, so Kendrick is hosting council. Uh Salmon River uh travels to Lewis County. We talked about Deary will travel to Troy to play a 1A D1 school, and Timberline will play up at Lapway this week as well. Uh, let's go to your neck of the woods, Lane. Uh District 4, the uh, Sawtooth Conference, where uh Dietrich won the league last year. They got all the way to the state championship game, nearly won nearly won the darn thing it was one of the best games of the year lost to kendrick at the very end um, and then they said goodbye to a lot of talented players including cody power who's just you know a, a nightmare for opposing coaches but the cupboard isn't totally bare connor perkins is going to make the move from wide receiver to quarterback um, and they still got brody torgerson they've got some good linemen what do you think about dietrich's uh, chances this year lane
2: you know, Dietrich's got some tradition going. They're proud of that, and they're they're working hard. Um, I know that uh, Brody is still do a great job there, with that crew. Um, got to work with them a little bit in the Shrine game and such. But uh, I I think they'll continue to play at a high level. I think they demand that there, and they'll get it. Um, and they, I think they'll play good, clean football this year. Uh, but we'll see how they fare against Camus, who's got a lot of seniors. That'll be a challenge for them this year.
0: Yeah, well, this is a Camas County team that's bringing back a lot of talented ball handlers, both offensively and defensively. That really, I think, was the most impressive thing about the Mushers a year ago was so many takeaways on defense, and they bring back a lot of those guys.
1: Yeah, the the one they lost, Cody Smith, the senior, he was kind of the the captain takeaway on defense, but you know, his cousins uh you know the are are still there. Um Emmett Palin's still there. I mean, he's still got a lot of kids who um are, are going to do damage and, and they're going to be, they're going to be a tough team to beat up there in, in Fairfield. And um, I think coach was, was right on with, with Dietrich. They still got some good players there and, and they got tradition. There's something to be said for expecting to win versus hoping to win. And I think when, when Dietrich puts on the pads and the helmets, they go out there expecting to win.
0: Our preseason coaches poll had Dietrich one, Camas County two, Hagerman, three, Castleford, four, Hanson, five, Shoshone, six. Uh, So last year, the top three was Dietrich, Camus, and Castleford. Castleford actually took second. Um, They infamously or famously, I should say, had 12 players. They called themselves the Dirty Dozen, and uh, eight of those 12 graduated lane. So that means four guys coming back from last year. Uh, Coach Brian Lowry is going to have to hit the hallways, find some guys to play.
2: (laughs) He probably already has. I'm sure he's probably been over to Buell to to uh, to buy some guys in there. uh, He'll he'll do his best there at Castle Ford, and he's always smiling no matter what, and they'll they'll work just as hard as anybody else.
0: Yeah, it'll be really interesting to me, Will, to see what Castle Ford is able to put together because the four guys they have coming back aren't you know slouches. They're they're good players. You just got to be able to find some pieces to go around them.
1: Yeah, Jaime Ramos, I think, one of the better players in the in the conference uh, uh, for any team. And uh, is there going to be enough help for him? Uh, I think that's going to be the question because, you know, he'll hold up his end of the bargain. And, and if they can find enough support, if they can find enough blocking, if they can find, you know, the linebackers and the, the defensive line where teams aren't specifically able to scheme him out, um, he, he's a good player and they've, they've got a chance. They, they do.
0: And then, Hagerman to me uh picked third in the poll they had uh they had more players than Castle Ford did last year and they bring back a lot more players than Castle Ford does it wasn't that long ago that Hagerman was a was a player uh, on the state level um Will you were kind of high on the Pirates last year and saw the potential and now all those guys are back for what Hagerman fans are hoping is a playoff push
1: yeah and and a lot of coaches around that that region there kind of did the little hey keep your eye on that team over there because they do they have a lot of kids back uh kai kendall's a kid that we called his name several times last year he had a number of big games for them and when you're bringing a lot of kids back with a lot of experience um you know the next thing for them is to figure out how to win games and if uh you know if the the talent can catch up if if the um i'm trying to think of the way to phrase this where it makes the most sense but Um, the, the, the talent is there, I guess is what I'm saying. So when, when the mentality, uh, matches that and they start winning some games, it could take off and they could be a tough team to
0: beat. How difficult is that as a coach lane to take a team where it's, it's younger players, sophomores and juniors, people aren't expecting much. And you're able to kind of come in and and be the David now it flips and you're the Goliath and people have expectations. Now, how do you, how do you manage those as a coach?
2: Well, I think Will is right right there. As soon as they figure out the mentality process of winning games, I think they'll be very good. And I think they're taking that step forward. Um, I think they had some success last year. They have big kids there. I know that there's a couple sophomores on that team that were completely dominant during uh, junior high years. And those guys are going to roll through and they're their big dudes and they hit the way room. Um, I think they use that place a lot and are proud of it. So I anticipate some good things happening there. If they can make the right call and keep the kids motivated and uh, and get some commitment, a little bit higher commitment level, they should do really well.
0: Yeah, Hagerman's got so many kids. They're yeah. actually moving up to 181 next year. Uh, Kendrick is moving up as well. And Carrie, I believe, Lane, right? They're moving back down to 182. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that'll be interesting to see all the changes that happen uh, for the next two-year cycle starting. I'm sure, in Dietrich and
1: Camus and some of those schools are just thrilled to have you guys <laughs> back,
2: Coach. Yeah, they already called and said, we'll, we're we'll schedule you right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's been yeah. fun to play up a level. Honestly, a great challenge for uh, for Kerry to play up a level and uh, very entertaining. And we, you had to step up your level of coaching as well. But yeah. Changes, yeah,
0: yeah. You guys held your own last year. Great, epic semifinal with Oakley. You guys were right there in it. Um, and and really, I think a lot of people thought maybe that could have been the championship matchup, but semifinal and is what it is. So, uh, we'll wrap up our last conference here at the 182 level. It's district five and six, the Rocky Mountain Conference. Well, this conference almost doubled in size. Last year, all we had was Rockland, North Gem, and Water Springs. This year, we've added Mackey. And Clark County back into the fold. This is exciting.
1: Yeah, it's it's really exciting, and it, it adds a lot of intrigue to the league. Where um, you know North Gem looking to bounce back after being a little bit down last year. Uh, Rockland has some really nice pieces with with Teague Matthews and his his teammates there. They should be able to put some points on the board. But uh, when you look, for instance, at, at Mackey, uh, that's a team where they had. Um, they co-opt with Chalice last year and a few of Chalice's better players were actually Mackie kids. So now those kids will be wearing uh, the red and white of Mackie and playing under the Miners banner once again. So it's going to be really interesting to see how quickly that that ball starts to roll uh, in in Mackie and then water Springs having to replace Drew Plocker, who was just a phenomenal player uh, on the college football roster down at Arizona Christian, that young man could get it done in all aspects of the game. How they replace him, I think, is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, are they going to have to have – is one player going to step forward or are they going to have to do kind of a, uh, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts and have five or six different kids step up and contribute in different ways? But I think at the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to North Jim and Rockland again, um, and then the rest of those teams are going to be, you know, fighting to get up into that top, top two.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of crossover this week between district four and districts five and six. Uh, the matchups Shoshone is going to play the Murtaugh JV. That's really the, the one game that isn't a crossover. You've got uh North gem traveling to castle Ford. You've got water Springs traveling to Hanson. You've got Richfield traveling to Mackey. And the big game is Camas County at Rockland. This is going to be two teams that have high playoff expectations meeting really up in a week matchup. one yeah it's going to be really a fantastic. so last year uh rockland had teague matthews the six five just all world talent out at wide receiver and a couple games into the season they they moved him to quarterback and things really took off rockland had been scuffling a little bit they moved him to quarterback and added a, a new dynamic to the offense lane how common is that where you get into you know a couple games into the season and you go you know it's just not working Let's take our best athlete and put him at quarterback and see what happens.
2: Um, I, I think it's more common than we we think. Uh, I know one year my, my dad had a guy at center, and the next season when he was a senior, he was quarterback. Um, he's just talented, good with the ball, smart, you know, and that's what you need back there. And if that's the guy, you put him back there and, and let him run your team. And Teague uh, Matthews is one of those kind of guys to, to make things happen as a great leader um, with the Bulldogs.
0: And so we we may see them play both again this year. Uh, we won't know until we actually see Rockland take the field, but they they seem to have some really good athletes. Big question with them always is, can they get enough linemen uh to buy enough time for all those great skilled players? Um and Northgem uh well, there's no mystery about what they're going to do. They're going to line up and run the ball 50 times.
1: Yeah, they're they're just going to, you know, when it was Bridger Hatch, it was you know, snap and just let him pick a hole and run. And it's a little more balanced now with they've got some good running backs there. Um, And so it's going to be a little bit more, uh, uh, a little more streamlined of an offense, if you will. But it's, you know, head coach Corey Hatch, that's what he does. You know, he's and he's not shy about it. Like some coaches are super protective. They don't want you to know what their personnel is, what they're doing. They don't want anybody to know anything you could call him right now and he'd probably tell you the first five plays he's going to run. And then he'll say, now it's up to you to stop him." And that's how much faith he has in his kids and his game plan. And, and they, you know, they execute it well.
0: Yeah. You've got to like the confidence there from coach hatch lane.
2: Yeah. You know, it was fun to watch Bridger play and to to coach against him. He, he killed us quite a few times. I think he had 250 yards, against us and we knew we needed a key on him and uh, he was just a dude and it takes a lot of guts as a coach to be disciplined enough to keep giving that uh, ball to your your best player over and over again but that's that's how you can win games as well your best player needs to have the ball in his hands and and if north jim uh, believes in that then the kids do and uh, they roll with it we'll see what happens
0: yeah i'm really excited to see what north jim can do this year and of course it'll all hinge on that game with rockland towards the end of the season so that's kind of what's happening at the 1a d2 landscape there's a lot of really good teams obviously kendrick is still kind of the favorite but uh you know Everyone's going to be lined up like uh, you're going to hit the pinata and Kendrick's going to get their best uh, effort every single week. So it's going to be fun to watch that as the season progresses. Let's go to the 1A D1 ranks on our season preview. Uh, and we're going to start in the Snake River Conference because it's like the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions. All the champions seem to come from there. Oakley has been on some sort of run lane these last couple of years, and they've got enough pieces To to pull it off again, this is a really talented Hornets team and a good coach in Brandon Jones.
2: Correct, Uh, and a lot of depth, you know, and great tradition coming. And uh, those kids get a lot of reps uh, in the JV program and uh, a lot of reps in the varsity program. And uh, Coach Jones demands that out of them. I think the other coaches do as well. And uh, that makes a good football team. Um, It makes a disciplined football team. Um, Getting the job done in practice – um, transfers over to the game, and uh, the kids respond well to that. And uh, I expect them to do well again um, with the cranny kid running around. Uh, he's, he's hard to manage. He does a great job uh, in the secondary. He picked us a lot. But, uh, he's a smart kid, and there's a lot of others to go with him. So I, I think the Hornets are going to continue their run here. Um, Jones won't give him a, a choice, and I think they'll do well.
1: Yeah, I don't know how often you can say that you have – uh, an All-State running back slash linebacker, and Ethan Torbaugh, who graduates as a senior, and the guy you're essentially going to replace him with was an All-State running back and linebacker the year before that, In Bryce Severe coming back from injury. I mean, that's, that's when you know you got some depth when you're swapping out All-State guys all over the field, and uh, Coach, you're right. I mean, that Oakley team, they got it humming right now. They've got good numbers. They've got good depth. The ability to play JV games, I think I don't think that that can be minimized because you get experience for those younger kids that you don't necessarily get without JV games. Prepares you long term down the road, and Oakley is able to do that. And I I expect them to be playing well into November again this year.
0: Yeah, I was uh, at the semifinals and championship last year in Holt Arena, and I, I was down on the Oakley sideline uh, doing some sideline reporting for the championship. And I look over, and they've got three ball boys that are about fourth, fifth grade, and the last names, Cranny and Bingham and Beck. And it's like these families. Yeah, Yeah, I know, right? Shocking. So uh, the the factory continues there at Oakley. The big question is – do you have any more
1: Simpsons coming? Oh, In a little while. Okay. I was going to say, you've had a Simpson running the ball for about the last 38 years in a row. Yeah,
2: there's two coming, but it'll be four or five years. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yep.
0: That's that's everybody else's window, okay? This is your chance. And then when the Simpsons come, it's all over. Uh, so, so Oakley is the favorite. Uh, the question is going to be, who takes second? And we got some wild answers. Uh, we ask every coach to confidentially kind of pick how they think the conference is going to shake out, and then that's how we form our preseason coaches' polls. And I saw, uh, I think, five different teams you know be listed in that second position officially lighthouse christian and raft river tie for second Carey picked fourth murtaugh fifth valley six glensferry seven the top five teams all got to the playoffs last year murtaugh and lighthouse had to play each other in the first round which kind of stunk but um what what do you think will if you had to pick one who's the team outside of oakley you're you're keeping an eye on
1: I would lean towards Raft River and Kerry just because of the history aspect to them. Again, programs that know how to win. They've they've been through the fights before, and, and they've come out clean on the other side. Um, but with that said, you know Murtaugh seems to be that team that perennially is just kind of knocking on the door. They're right there. They're close. And, and I really like what Lighthouse Christian is able to do, spreading you out and throwing the ball around with uh, Jack DeYoung and, and uh, Justice Schrader. You got some good players on that side. That's going to make life miserable for some defensive coordinators down in the Twin Falls area.
0: So I asked Will to pick one team. He proceeded to list all of them. Lane, well, what no, is- I'm saying I'm
1: going to go either Raft River or Carry. That's that's what I would do. Those are though. I, I would put Oakley on top, and I would put Raft River Carry right behind them, and. That's not to say there's a huge gap gap between any of them, but I just I like the experience factor uh, with with Coach Evans and then with with uh, Coach Kirkland's the new staff there, Coach Sally and on all his players, the just the experience factor I think is big.
0: Yeah, uh, I want to. Is it John Sa'ili? Is that how you say his name, Coach?
2: Sa'ili, Yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. Uh, He he. I like him. He's an energetic guy. Uh, I got to interact with him very briefly. Uh, just exchanging emails. Um, and he, he's a high energy guy. I like him a lot. Um, what is a team that you've got your eye on outside of Oakley in this conference?
2: Um, I, I like the tradition at Raft River. Um, I don't know if there's enough enough depth there to get it done in a second place position. And so I would, I would honestly pick Murtaugh. Um, with Junior Benitez coming back and uh, talking with Jensen uh, a lot during track and field and, and just hearing him and seeing the number of players that they had, I think it's time for a Murtaugh breakthrough, honestly, and to uh, to finish a little one more game or two more games into the the final season. Um,
0: yeah, that was such a crushing loss last year. I think it was week three, uh, Junior Benitez went down for the season. And and Todd Jensen is a busy guy at Murtaugh. He coaches football, girls basketball track. He's the AD. I mean, that guy is all over the place, uh, always getting stuff done. Uh, so Murtaugh was fun. I got to go there for the first time last year for that first round playoff game against Lighthouse Christian. That was a game that Murtaugh probably feels like they should have won. They turned the ball over a couple of times. They had some uncharacteristic fumbles. Um, and so for Lighthouse Christian, they were actually using their backup quarterback in that game. Case Van Lewen came in and, and played pretty well. And Lighthouse got the win. And that's the team I'm keeping an eye on, is Lighthouse Christian. They had a new coach last year, uh, Jason Smith, who came up from Florida, and he was an eight-man coach down in Florida and was known for this wide open passing attack in eight-man football, which in Idaho we're not used to. We're used to teams running the ball and and pounding between the guards. Um So he installed this spread offense. It worked pretty well. Justice Schrader was a great QB. Jack DeYoung, excellent wide receiver. They're both back. But now he's gone. He went back to Florida. So they've got their second coach in as many years, Logan Bosma. And I'm curious to see how much of that they keep and how much they go back to maybe a more traditional eight-man scheme. I think Lighthouse is going to be an interesting team to watch this year as well, Coach Kirkland.
2: Uh, yes, uh, they certainly will be with with the uh, De there and some speed and those younger kids. Uh, they have a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of potential uh, that uh, I think will shine through um, as they as they t- take the turf uh, this season. We'll see how that uh, that plays out.
0: And then you know Valley and Glen's Ferry at the end there. Both teams were pretty young last year. Um, we'll see. Uh, they have a chance to punch their way up into the upper echelon of the conference. Um, we'll see how they do it's it's nice to have valley back in the eight-man game after they had to go up to the 2A ranks for a little while there um so it's nice to have them back for sure uh let's move to the uh other league that had a lot of intrigue in the preseason the white pine league up north in district two kamiii is the defending champion they got to the final four last year they were picked number one in our preseason coaches poll and then kind of like kind of like district four will I got Answers all over the board on who was going to take second place. Officially, Prairie picked second, Logos third, Clearwater Valley fourth, Potlatch five, Troy six, Lapway seven, Genesee eight. I think any of those seven teams outside of Genesee, because they just they don't have the numbers right now, they're going to be moving back down to one AD, two. It's going to be a tall order for them. But any of the other seven, why not?
1: It's, it's fascinating because they all have, um, they all have their strengths. You know, Prairie has the, the storied tradition and they've got uh, maybe the best running back in the, you know, one of the, but the, the top individual running back in the, in the conference in Trenton Lawrence. Then you go to Logos, Jack Driscoll, they're not afraid to throw it around and they've got 35 kids on the team. So they've got numbers in depth and they, they've got some speed Lapway is always loaded with athletes the thing that's going to be interested for them is they've got a freshman quarterback this year who's played a couple of years of junior high ball but you know coach you can answer this better than anybody it's a little different playing junior high ball on a wednesday or thursday night versus being under the lights on a friday night you know against a prairie or a camey eye and um you know i i Cameo for me, I'll put them up there against any one A Division one team in the state. I think uh, Parker Whipple. Whipple, I think he got maybe the best player in the conference. Period. Um, Two way lineman. He had something like, you know, eight sacks and fifteen tackles for losses last year uh, as a junior. He was the conference player of the year as a junior. Um, and then you've got an experienced quarterback coming back, and David Klute. You got. O'Kane and Weddle in the backfield. I, I think Kamei has a chance to be a really, really good team this year.
0: Yeah, Lane, David Clute is the quarterback for Kamei. He's a coach's kid. Nels Clute, the coach up there at Kamei. Uh, How tough are those guys to scheme against? Because you know they just – they know the playbook in and out.
2: You know, though just watch them on film. I've never played them, but they're tough dudes. Um, coached against them a little bit in the All-State game, a couple of those guys, and they're just tough guys up there. And, uh, they have some tradition. They, they know when to step it up for big games. I think, you know, you see that in the, in the playoffs last year against Butte, they just know when to step it up and they, they have a good game plan and they execute it really well, well, their kids buy in. And, uh, they just kind of seem to keep things going over there. And, and, uh, clue's going to be tough to handle there. His dad is the, is the coach. Uh, they're going to have a lot of great connections and, uh, he's going to lead that team really well because, uh, because of that communication between him and his dad.
0: Yeah. Setting up the schedule for this weekend. I keep forgetting to do this after we talk about a conference Uh, in district four, we've got some out of state opponents. Lighthouse is going to host Wells high school from Nevada. Oakley is going to host St. Joseph's uh, Catholic school from Utah. You've got Rimrock at Glens Ferry, Murtaugh at Chalice, Grace at Cary, Raff River at Tri-Valley, which we already talked about. And then Butte County at Valley. Uh, up in the White Pine League uh, for week one, some really interesting games. Uh, we talked about Lapoy going to host Timberline and Troy going to host Deary. Lakeside will host Logos. And then the game that we're going to bring to you on idahosports.com is Notice at Clearwater Valley. So we'll we'll save our Clearwater Valley talk here for just a second. Will, Logos is another team that has gotten a lot of buzz in the preseason. Jack Driscoll is back. They were a wide open passing attack three years ago Logos was experiencing football for the first time and went right. through some growing pains. And now they're like, yeah, we're here and we're ready.
1: And they've got almost everybody back from last year where they were, they were a handful for a lot of teams. You know, when you're able to spread things out um, and, and you're able to move the ball vertically the way they were able to move the ball, um, that, that's going to be tough for some teams to defend, you know, because that's a, that's a big field without a lot of defenders. Um and, and Driscoll's a solid quarterback. He can run the ball pretty well too. So you know you're going to have to you know you're going to have to maintain some discipline when you're rushing him, or else he's just going to step forward and run for ten or fifteen yards. So they're going to be they're going to be a matchup problem for a lot of teams going forward this year. And I think it would be a, a mistake to overlook them. Uh, and I think that they're definitely going to be a, a strong, strong, strong team when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, and then you know, Potlatch has strong linemen. Lapoy's got Elias year out. Troy's got uh, some good uh, players up front. This league is going to be so much fun to watch. Lane, I call I call the White Pine League the Big Twelve because every game is like sixty to fifty. I mean, the scoreboard operator he needs he needs a Mountain Dew or something before the game. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, he needs to be a gamer. He Needs to practice and then get ready to take score for sure up there. There's a lot of points <laughs> for sure.
0: What is so? We talk about this a lot, Will and I do, about you know a defense that gives up twenty eight points per game. It's actually not bad in eight man football, right? What What is the goal as a defense in terms of points allowed? Because you know, in the eight man game, teams are going to score. It's just natural.
2: Uh, Well, I I think uh, a good number is 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 average of twenty would be we would be better or or 12 or 16 points a game but sometimes that don't happen sometimes other teams have great players and they're just hard to stop and uh, they just make big plays and, and it's happened to us with great teams and uh, it, it, they just seem to score a lot of points up there um, <laughs> they must play play basketball and, and after the game on saturdays
1: maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah, it seems like every week brandon we look at the scoreboard and we're like Did you see the final score of blank versus blank? There's always one like 80 to 64 or something like that. Almost every week, it seems like.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, what's funny is then during basketball season with outside of Lapway, which is historically great in basketball, um, all the basketball games are like 40 to 38. And they're all it's the opposite. It's like low scoring. Mm -hmm.
2: If if they're handing out helmet stickers for uh, touchdowns. They better be really small because there needs to be a lot of room on that helmet to put those on there.
1: Or they wear two helmets. They just switch back and forth yeah. once they get them full.
2: Sure, a whole poster board. Let's go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Clearwater Valley. We are going to be showcasing the Rams on Friday night on IdahoSports.com. Yours truly. I'm going to be there broadcasting this game. I'm really excited as Notice will make the trip up from District 3. Notice has has basically controlled District 3 the last three years. Clearwater Valley finished second a year ago, lost to camey in a very tight game that basically decided the white pine title. Uh, Alan Hutchins, the head football coach at Clearwater Valley and the athletic director, good friend of the program. He, uh, he was the tournament director at the one a state baseball tournament this year. And that's where I was broadcasting. And he was, it was like may and he was already lobbying me to, Hey, you got to come broadcast this game. Notice in Clearwater Valley, this is going to be a great matchup. Well, it's exciting to see notice, uh, Taking on a tough opponent and, and making the trip up north after Clearwater Valley came down and played notice last year.
1: Yeah, Clearwater came down here last year. And uh, you know, they've got some they've got some great players up there in Kuski when you're talking about Bass Myers. Uh, you know, if you're doing an all all name team, you know, a kid that plays for a high school that's right along the Clearwater River and his name is Bass Myers. I don't know how you can leave him off an all-name team, but he happens to be a hell of a football player too, and and they've got They've got good skill to go around him, you know, pickering, shilling. They've got good players to go with him. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be a tough out. And, and that first game against Notice, that's going to be a really good test for them.
0: On the flip side of that lane, Notice comes in uh, a little banged up. Uh, two key players that they were counting on this year. Uh, Ian Hill is going to be out for six or seven weeks. You know, you hopefully you get him back for maybe a game or two in the regular season and then, and then a playoff run. Um, and then a, another player they were counting on uh, is out for the season. Um, the name is escaping me. Gunner well. Campbell,
1: the running Thank back. Thank you.
0: Yep, Gunner Campbell. And, and both of these guys were going to be running back, fullback types, and then linebackers. How devastating is that when you lose? It's really like losing four starters because they go both ways.
2: Yeah, that's tough, especially early season and and some of your better players. Uh, hopefully that doesn't take a bunch of wind out of their sails, uh, the player sails. And uh, they just uh, take it in a different approach and just go forward and and work to fill those positions. But it's tough. It's tough. Uh, You don't want to lose a good dude right off the bat or two. That uh, that can be devastating in programs like that, especially after the number of great kids they graduated. But uh, I think Coach Woodland will put some good things together. They'll rally and, uh, and they'll still be the notice pirates.
0: Yeah. And so what do you do? You adapt coach Woodland taking his best wide receiver and a great speedster on the track. You know, this lane, Grayson Benitez, uh, and, and he's moving him to running back because Hey, we got to get our best athlete, the ball. And so we'll put him in the backfield, see what he can do. I am really excited to see how Benitez looks there, uh, in the backfield. So notice is the favorite in the law, in the, uh, Western Idaho conference, they were picked number one in our preseason poll, the rest of the poll, went uh, as follows, uh, Rimrock 2, Idaho City 3, Wilder 4, uh, and then the co-op of Greenleaf Friends, Gem State, and Centennial Baptist. They were picked fifth. Will, with these injuries to notice, how much has the gap narrowed between the Pirates and oh, you know significantly. Rimrock? I, yeah. Significantly.
1: Yeah. I still think with uh, a returning quarterback, an experienced returning quarterback in, in Benny Guevara and then Easton St. Germain up front, that their notice still has tools, no question about it. They're still going to win games. They're still going to be a factor. But I think we're coming in with everyone healthy. Um, I think Notice would have been a a prohibitive favorite in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, For me, it's turned into, well, they'll be there. You know, they'll be in the mix. They'll be a good team. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But uh, I think Idaho City has a chance as well with some good players coming back. And, and, you know, I I like to see the coaches um, recognizing Rimrock. Is I think that with Ronaldo Gomez, the quarterback, um, you know, dual threat guy, really tremendous athlete, and some good players coming back there. Uh, I think that that's a team that just because we don't talk about Rimrock a lot, they're kind of out there isolated outside of Mountain Home. They don't get a lot of press coverage. They don't, you know, you don't necessarily see them a lot per se. I think that sometimes we don't really know what they have going on down there, but Coach Ward, I think, has a good group of kids. Where if they stay healthy, I'm not going to be surprised if, if they don't overtake notice, if, if notice is, um, you know, if, if those injuries continue to be a problem in notice.
0: Yeah, Gomez not only a, a weapon uh, at quarterback, but with his leg as well, pretty good kicker. He was three for five on PATs last year, which we know how tough it is to make kicks in eight man football. Um, and then Lane, uh, he even got to attempt a field goal in a non conference game with the Waihee Nevada last year. Ronaldo Gomez from Rimrock, he made a forty seven yard field goal. Have you have you seen a kick that long in eight man? Uh,
2: just from uh back in the day. Uh, 2014, 15, those guy got, they had a kicker that could do some work from either side, you know, either hash mark. He was really good, but not very often. That's a how good mu-
0: one. Yeah. I was going to ask how, how much of a weapon is that when you've got a kicker like that?
2: Well, I'm, I'm sure it's won a few games, but I, I don't know what those games, those are cause you don't see it very often, <laughs> but uh, good for them. If uh, if you can kick, get it, get it done with your leg, get those three yep. points.
0: Yeah. So, so there was a
2: game, a playoff game,
1: Brandon. A few years ago, it was in Wilder. Wilder was playing Potlatch, and uh, Kyle Dalsolio, the head coach at Wilder, had a kid, and it might be this same kid that you're talking about. Coach uh, came out there in the first half and banged home about a 30-yard field goal, mm-hmm. um, and it made the score at the time. Uh, I think it made the score something like nine to six, and. You don't think much of it then until Wilder punches in another touchdown later. Well, now it's a two score game. So no. instead of it being 12 to six, it's 15 to six. And it completely changed what Potlatch had to do. And as a result, it took Potlatch out of their game a little bit and, and Wilder was able to win the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's tough for sure. Uh, so Rimrock narrowly missed out on that second playoff spot. Idaho City got it last year, and then uh, that's a team you saw right away in the playoffs lane, Idaho City. The, the story surrounding this conference, and it will continue to be the story until a team actually breaks through in the playoffs, is – On a statewide level, can somebody from District 3 get a win? Uh, Notice, despite all their success, they've gone 0-3 the last three postseasons. Idaho City was bounced right away by your squad. How tough is that when you're carrying the flag, not just for your team, but for your conference that just hasn't gotten a win at the state level in such a long time?
2: You know, you you can take pride in winning your conference, and I think that's where it begins for, for programs like that. And then you just give it your best uh, from there on in that first round or in the play-in game, wherever it stands. And uh, you just got to keep swinging, go to bat. And uh, maybe one of these one of these uh, years, they'll, they'll get that win and move to the next level. It's you
1: know, got to right? happen at some point, right? I mean, just sure. mathematically at some point, somebody in right. District 3 is going to have a good enough team to go punch somebody in the
2: mouth, right? Right. And, uh, and sometimes a kid will move into your school and, and take you there. Oh, you can hope for that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely. You can hope Santa comes uh, comes a couple months early, yeah. dro- drops a player in your lap for sure. Um, okay, let's wrap up with. Uh, well, first the schedule of games for District Three, Idaho City is traveling to Cascade. We talked about Notice going to, to Clearwater Valley, um, and then you've also got Rim Rock traveling to Glen's Ferry, uh, and then we'll wrap up with the High Desert Conference. This is District Five and Six. Over in East Idaho, Grace got all the way to the 1A-D-1 championship game last year. They actually got a game under their belts. They beat uh, El Capitan, Arizona. I know nothing about this school, but uh, they won 34-16, to so the Grizzlies are 1-0. Um, Butte County is always tough, and Chalice is on their own this year. That's how the preseason poll went. Uh, it was actually Butte County picked first, Grace picked second, and then Chalice picked third. We talk about it. Butte County's always got one of the biggest sidelines. They've got bigger sidelines than like some 11-man teams.
1: Oh, yeah. There are 3A and 4A teams that would would kill for the depth that Sam Thorngren has there. And they'd probably kill for the running backs that he seems to have year in and year out, too. I don't know where he finds them, but he always seems to have one big old workhorse who – you know, if you need to give him the ball thirty times, he's going to give you 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And uh, you know, I expect them to be—I expect them to be right near the front of the line again this year. I expect them to be a good team once again.
0: Yeah, Lane. What did you get to watch Grace much last year? I mean, they—you—they they were on the opposite side of the bracket uh, as you guys in the playoffs, but they obviously played in the—in the championship.
2: Well, we played in that first game and got to experience that with uh, seven turnovers. But I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring
0: that up. I wasn't going to go there. But
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry. But uh, so yeah, we saw them. Uh, we saw a lot of them on uh, on offense uh, or defense, I should say. But uh, anyway, they watching them on huddle. You know, throughout the year, they they got better. They lost uh, a kid early on. I think the Kimball kid it was, um, but he's back this year. Grace is Grace is tough. Um, they 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 get it done, and they've started early. I think they'll be really prepared for this season. They're they're coming to carry, um, tomorrow night, and we'll we'll see what they bring there. So, uh, yeah, good tradition there that uh, they've got going on in the eight-man game, and uh, you, you get hungry, hungrier once you've uh, reached that final game.
0: Yeah, are you gonna go watch that game tomorrow night, Lane?
2: Yeah, I'm calling it from the the crow's nest tomorrow night. So that should be interesting.
0: Okay, this is a good warm up for you then. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, perfect. I'm I'm really curious to to hear your thoughts on Grace because they are a team that is notoriously difficult to glean anything from unless you are playing them or you go with your own two eyes. Because you know a lot of teams will have film out there on the internet that I can go look at and uh, there's like nothing. And and there's also you know we like to highlight individual. Players that have had good performances and and from grace, we always get, yeah, it was just a good team win. Yeah, no, 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 notable individuals, just a good team win. It makes our job difficult at times, uh, Will. As we're just we're trying to, the reason we do this prep cast, and, and this was how I wanted to end the show, was just a conversation at large about uh information and get getting, I would say 95% of the coaches we work with are awesome. You know, we ask questions, they get back to us. We ask questions about their athletes, their kids, they get back to us. this That's the reason we're doing it is to put the spotlight on these student athletes um, in the great state of Idaho. We're, we're not sitting here talking because we like to hear ourselves talk. We're doing it for all of our eight man athletes. And when you get certain teams or coaches that aren't cooperative, it just, it makes our jobs difficult.
1: Yeah. The Idaho eight man Twitter account, which I started a few years ago, it started in, Um, And and Coach Kirkland, you can probably talk a little bit down in Twin Falls watching the way that uh, the Times News newspaper has had their resources restricted. And, um, you know, the Lewiston Tribune doesn't have the same amount of resources that they used to have. The uh, Idaho State Journal over in Pocatello, the Idaho Statesman here in Boise, um, you know, the the sports reporters in the state, they want to go to these games, but they're very limited in 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 what they can do and where they can be and stuff that they can do so they 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 kind of they rely on 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 coaches and on people like idaho sports and whatnot to to learn more about these teams and um you know all we want to do is tell good stories you know what i mean we're not we're not trying to tip anybody off we're not trying to give anybody a competitive advantage over anybody else we just want to tell good stories and make sure that kids in small communities across idaho who may not ever have another chance to be in the spotlight, get their moment in the sun. And and that that's my goal. That's the entire purpose in, in what I do here is to uh, make sure that, you know, people might not know who Porter Whipple is outside of the White Pine Conference or White Pine League, if not for places like Idaho sports. And as it is, he's one of the best football players in the state of Idaho. And we may not know anything about him, if not for, um, you know, the Lewiston Tribune or, or, um, you know, the the TV or something like that. So uh, th- that's that's my dog in the fight on this is, is I want the kids um, to get the attention and the recognition and the communities to get the attention and the recognition that they deserve.
2: Right. Who doesn't want to hear their name on a prep cast or a broadcast or see their picture in a paper or their, their names in the paper with a story to go along with that? And uh, it has been a struggle with newspapers. Uh, the Times News is has uh, been restricted and kind of dropped that. And it's kind of sad because people love to read about it. We have a lot of, old, every town's got a lot of old folks that read the paper still, and they want to see that uh, that report there, and it's not there. But uh, it does, I think, become the responsibility of coaches to call that stuff in, to be proactive, to call whoever the sports editors are, and to, to get them that information and to respond to, uh, to you guys and get them that information, to Idaho sports and get it put out there so that, that recognition can take place. Um, that that's important for programs, important for kids and important for parents to be able to see. And, uh, I think what you guys are doing is, is awesome. And uh, people can refer to that and, uh, and gain those clips and send them on a family across the nation.
0: Yeah. So, uh, as we go through the season, we're going to hear lots of good feedback from coaches and athletes. And uh, if, if we're not talking about your team much, you know, there's probably a reason for that. Cause we, we don't cover just the, the winning teams. We, we highlight the standouts from all the teams across the state. And so uh, that goes hand in hand though. We can only, we only, we're only three people, right? We can, uh, we can literally only be at three games a week. And so we do rely on that information and, and we just hope we get good cooperation from everybody as the season goes along. But, uh, guys, it is it is the opening, really the opening weekend of eight-man football. Just about everybody's going to be in action. Uh, I'm so excited, Lane. Uh, do you have any start-of-the-season rituals as a coach that you're now going to have to do as a civilian?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep at night. <laughs> How about that? Let's just, try, just start right there. I already started, so. It's comfortable.
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's great. Will, uh, are you just going to be uh, – are you going to go to any games this week? Are you just going to be tuned in on idahosports.com? What's your plan?
1: Well, my uh, I live in Parma, and Parma plays their first game of the season tomorrow night at home against Cold Valley Christian. So um, you might see me wandering over there. I also coach baseball here, so a handful of my baseball players uh, also play football, so I like to go over and, and support them and some of the other things that they do. So wouldn't be surprised if I wound up going over there to watch a game tomorrow night.
0: Cool. And I, of course, uh, will be in Cooskey for Clearwater Valley and notice uh, one of uh, two eight man games. We've got for you tomorrow night on Idaho along with council at Kendrick. So uh, Lane, thanks Pacific again time for- Zone.
1: I'll have a chance to get home in time to maybe watch the second half of those games.
0: Yes, uh, it'll be uh, 7 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Mountain. So, yeah, everybody else around the state could probably catch the second half of what should be two really fun contests. Lane, thanks again for uh, for coming on and doing this and, and being a, a fresh voice on the 8-Man PrepCast. I'm really excited to have you on board this season.
2: You're welcome. It's a privilege. Thank you, fellas.
0: All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody, uh, to the Idaho Eight Man Prepcast. We'll be back again. We're, we're probably going to record every Thursday night, and we'll have it for you first thing Friday morning to get you ready for game day. So uh, be on the lookout for that and subscribe this podcast wherever you subscribe. Uh, for Will Henneke and uh, Coach Lane Kirkland, I'm Brandon Banny. Thanks for tuning in to the Idaho Eight Man Prepcast on Idahosports.com.